Hi everybody, I'm Deacon Dave. I'm Layperson Lisa. Welcome to the Deacon, Deacon Dave, Dave and Layperson Lay Lisa, Lisa Show. show. Well, welcome back, everybody. Okay, Check yeah. Check scene in the background. Yes, we want to thank uh, Angel Figueroa. Who, yes. Who actually painted that, not on the wall, but the painting of it is in the chapel at the St. Clair of Assisi Retreat Center. And then we took that painting and blew it up. And he's but, making another one, the resurrection. Oh, I should yes. give it away, but well, the, the, we know yeah. we know what happens. Exactly. So. so that's that's what we're gonna. It's gonna be on the other side of the wall, which you can't see from here. Right. But there's a lot happening back here. You might be able to see Mary as well in the background. She's there in the yeah. in the yep. rosary garden. She's there, I see her. But we're not here to talk about the that. backyard. <laughs> Although we should probably look to Mary for inspiration. Um, when we have trouble with this next topic, which is the last of the seven of the deadly sins, which is... Give us the definition of lust. So lust is an inordinate desire for sexual pleasure. It cannot um, be uh, lustful. Yes. Right, because right. it's very easy for us to begin to objectify uh, even our own spouse in terms of our own sexual pleasure because that's all we want out of it. And really, uh, the intention... Of, of the marital covenant is one of complete self-giving. Right. So you don't go into making love with your wife with the idea that I'm going to get something out of it. Right. You're designed to pour yourself into your spouse um, uh, as a gift of self. And when you do that, then that's not being lustful in your marriage. And then certainly for, for those that are not married, right, mm -hmm. to, um, to desire to want to be with someone mm -hmm. who you're not in a covenant or relationship with, um, or to have sex with them or whatever would be considered lustful. Right. So I think my question is, is what is the remedy to lust? Chastity. Chastity. Yes. We just completed a retreat yes. on holy intimacy this past weekend. Yes. And one of the subjects was chastity, which is much deeper. Yes, than right. just like... A remedy for like sexual pleasure to much more than that. Yeah, so we kind of started out with this idea that it, you you can't want someone um, in, in, a, in a sexual way, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that happens in our minds in terms of chastity, emotional chastity, mm -hmm. physical chastity. All of these things are important for us um, to stay away from lust and to to appreciate. Like Andrew was here, and he, and he did a good example when he talked about chastity. So, you know, there could be someone I'm working with. They're good-looking. They're very talented. And so they have all of these qualities about them that make them very attractive as a person. But if you allow that to go beyond just that, then it becomes something that could step into the realm of lust or no longer being chased, especially if you're married, for example. Right. But what you should do is really appreciate the fruits and the gifts that that person brings to the table as that person and and leave it at that but right. it's so easy for us to have something become emotionally something more than that right what do you think yes oh can i tell you about the patron saint for chastity please tell us about the patron saint for chastity <laughs> saint mary of egypt whose feast day was in the beginning of april and she was a I know. Is this that. like a combination of Saint of the Month and... Yeah. Okay, why you know, not? We tie things together here. Absolutely. And so she, at a young age, I think like 12, she went off to, um, on her own, to be an actress. But what she really became was a prostitute. Mm. But she did it uh, in a lustful manner in that 
sometimes she wouldn't even take payment because it was all about like um, her pleasure. Her own self-pleasure? Yes, exactly. Okay. So she lived many, many years, I think like 17 years in this lifestyle. And then she found out about a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So she was like, oh yeah, I want to go on that. But it wasn't to like go to Jerusalem. It was to um, seduce the pilgrims. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? But then um, that is how she paid her way too. <laughs> but. And you said she's a saint, right? She's, yes. Okay. Can't but, wait to hear the same yeah, part. Yeah. So this is the amazing part. So she went to the church of the Holy Sepulchre, but as she was trying to go through the doors, like something was blocking her. Okay. She couldn't. That. She, couldn't, she couldn't get in there. So she had this vision of Mary saying um, that she is being sinful and that she needs to live a chaste life. And so she she reconciled with God and, you know. Right uh, there in front of the Holy Sepulchre? I'm not sure exactly where the location was, but in front of this image of Mary. And she was able to go in. And then she heard a calling to live in the desert all by herself. So she was one of the desert wow. mothers of the church. Then she, I don't remember who it was, but one of, remember. anyway. Um, so somebody. <laughs> it's like talking to yourself, actually. So somebody in the, um, a priest, he went and uh, came across her. Uh, out in the wilderness and gave her the Eucharist and she was able to make a confession and uh, a year later she died after he was looking for her. Wow. Yeah. So normally when we go to the Holy Sepulchre the reason we can't get in is because there's 10,000 other people trying to get in but in her case it was because of her lustful yes. lifestyle. Yes. Well if you go at 6 a.m. there's no lying. Not always. We went at five thirty last time, and it was you oh could, to get into the tomb. They were having some oh, special mass. Oh, you can't. Mass. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. Go right fifteen minutes before they're going to close. Okay, well, this here is our Holy Land, Holy Sepulchre. Expert, <laughs> I went in a loop of, person, Lisa. in the line. I went through twice. You'd probably be someone that would spend the night in the Holy Sepulchre. Oh, you're not allowed to sleep. Not any, but you don't. I said spend the night. You don't have to go to sleep. I don't know if I could stay up. Well, if you accidentally, what do they walk around and wake you up if you fall asleep? I don't know. Supposedly, they kick you out or something. That's interesting. Yeah. That's great. So this is interesting, Lisa, because when you talk about this idea of how our lifestyle can block access to something, right? So living ah, out, yeah. So living out a lustful lifestyle, which is all about ourselves, is really very consuming uh, of who we are. And we are blocking all of these graces and these potential avenues that God wants to take us down because we're we're only looking inward or we're we're trying to take advantage or, or use other people for their sexuality. And I think it was interesting. She lived in that life for what you said, seventeen years? Something like that, yeah. And so she was completely lost in that. Yeah. And and even though she went for the wrong reasons to the Holy Land. God still called her there. Yeah, God used that as an opportunity yeah. to convert her, which is really quite beautiful. So I, I guess the question is, is, what ways in your life or your lifestyle are you creating obstacles to your own spiritual faith and your relationship with God? Because I think that's exactly what's happening. When we are looking inward to only please ourselves, like person Lisa, then we certainly are not looking to the heart of Christ in terms of how we're living out of life and appreciating what's in the background there right there. You know, that mm -hmm. he, 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 he is listening to Father Mike Schmitz and 
and, and, and he was talking about how um, Dr. Scott Hahn said that a lot of people think that that was, you know, an execution of Jesus, right? He said, but it was really a sacrifice. Right. So, because Jesus willingly sacrificed his life for us. And so we're called to do the same thing. And I think when we get caught up in all of these pleasures of life, mm-hmm. it's really easy to forget about that and think that that's all there is. Right. Really, Again, detachment. Detachment. It's and, 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 you know, the further you get into something that Harder is not... get out. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, and you feel like that, to, to, that, that attachment is fulfilling. But in reality, it is draining your spiritual life, your tank down to empty. Yeah. So what else do we have on lust, late person, Lisa? Those are three How about lusts. human trafficking? Ooh, yeah, a few years ago, we had a, um, an FBI agent come to one of our diaconate meetings, and he talked about uh, how bad human trafficking was in our area. Yeah, and you know what's very interesting is that um, when uh, I worked at a store, a lady came in and was like, oh, can I put these um, stickers in your bathroom? And it was about, like, if you are being trafficked, call. And I was like... I didn't. I was so oblivious. I, I was like, "Oh, I had no idea." And it's way more pervasive than we realize, and the problem is 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 much greater than we realize. And when this guy from the FBI was describing it, we were all just sitting there looking at him like, "Wow, this is this is incredibly sad." And it's right in front of us. And um, I had an example of where someone came over from a foreign country, and they were promised a job and to be able to get their visa and everything. And then they were working at the hotel. And then once they were over here, um, the pimp, if you will, started using her. Mm. And uh, then he wanted her to do things for other men. Mm. And when she didn't want to do it anymore, he had pictures of her family back in Europe and said, we are going to kill your family if you don't do this. And they wouldn't give her her, her documents or anything to help her. So they it's like got- a movie, but it's in, happening in real life. Oh, it's happening all over the yeah. place in real life. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, and this is all centered around lust and objectifying women mm-hmm. um, um, uh, for their sexuality. Yeah. Which is totally demeaning and, and, and is not inherent at all in their human dignity. Yeah. And sometimes you don't really think it's in our area because we're not like on a country border, but right. we have the ports. That are right there, and I think we're probably along some sort of pathway. And, probably so. Yeah. So, what about pornography, Lisa? Oh, that is uh, very undignified of the person. You know, as the, far as like the people who are in the industry, it's um, they're just being used, and a lot of times they have um, other underlying issues that they don't know where else to turn. But it's just um, like watching pornography is just um, the people in the industry are um, objectified. That's all it is. They're objectified and really consumed. Um, and, and even to treat them like like they're consumable, really. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a multi-billion dollar yeah. market, I believe. Yeah, especially now with the internet. And... Wasn't there a story about a young lady who was in college or something and she would go off? Oh, yeah. Story? The story from the um, Met, uh, Holy Spirit Met, Metanoia series. I can't remember which one, but... Um, <laughs> Father Dave Pavanka was talking to a woman who I think was a student, and she just was um, had a lot of self-hate, I think, uh, because she was living like a double lifestyle. She would drive, every weekend she would drive hours away um, to strip. To strip, yeah. 
and then on her and she uh, enjoyed the time when everybody was looking at her and everybody seemed to I don't know if want her is the right word but, yeah, sure. um, but then when she left she just felt like so used and empty and, and empty yeah, yeah. And I think that's what happens in, in pornography and, and lust and all of these things. It it feels good in the moment, but when it's over, you, you, you feel empty and consumed. Yeah. And that's really what sin does. It consumes us. It doesn't inflame us in any way. And I think, you know, especially the sexual sins, I mean, our society today is just promoting sexual sin and pornography. I mean, you can't even watch a show hardly right, without, without it being sexualized. Right. Everything Sorry. is sexualized in some yeah. way. and. So if you have children, they have access to all kinds of devices. And I'm gonna encourage all parents, do not be naive or say that your child's not gonna look at something because because it is so prevalent. You know, someone in and around them, even if they're the, the greatest child ever, is going to have something that they can be exposed to. So we have to be really vigilant Lisa, yeah. with our children. Right. And, Honestly, as, as young adults and all the way around, we have to be vigilant in, in what we watch and, um, and what we do. Yes. So are we leaving anything else out? So chastity is the remedy for lust. Yes. And chastity is not just, you have to remember, lust is that desire for someone else, that, right? that inordinate um, desire for someone else um, outside of, of, of um, uh, a complete giving of self. When it gets right down to it, whenever you don't want to give of yourself in something fully, um, and especially if it's outside the sacrament of marriage, then um, it's like a red flag. It's a red flag. Yeah. You need to stop. And whenever you are consuming someone else, either on TV for your own gratification, that is not gift of self. Right. So once you get out of the lane of gift of self, stop. Get back over in the lane of chastity, because that's where we need to be. And there is fullness of life found in, in living out a chase lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We just have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Any other things that we haven't covered? Oh, uh, there's some sort of streaming service that will edit your um, movie choices. to You can uh, eliminate violence or cursing or nudity. So that could be something. We, we talked about that for a lot of shows. That means they would only be a two-hour show would be 10 minutes long. Right. But that's certainly something we can do. And also, I think the other thing that's interesting, you know, when we talk about Lust Lisa, is you know, stuff that is PG, the way they rate things now. Yeah, there's like, oh, you know, there's something I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, PG-13 should be like PG-45. I mean, it is just, so that, even that whole scale has shifted. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful yeah. about all of that. And it's, you know, it's easy for us to get caught up and be busy and doing everything and think it's not a big deal. But there is um, so much subversiveness out there. Remember we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this or not, the fact that um, there can be messages uh, of certain tones that right. you cannot hear. Yes, but children can. Exactly. And like uh, it can influence them to do something. <clears throat> right. So they can hear higher pitch noises. And as you get older, you can't hear those anymore. Yeah. And so you could be watching the same thing, and they could be listening to something totally different than what you're hearing. Yeah. That is. Pretty, That's just evil. It is evil. Yeah. Um, anything else? All right. Well, that ends our uh, series on the seven. Yeah. I guess we did a seven-part series. It was on seven, the seven deadly yeah. sins. I'm Deacon Dave. I'm Lee Person Lisa. We'll see you next time. Bye.